We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. How often is God just waiting for us to turn back to Him? So that He can restore, so that He can heal, so that He can repair the things that we've broken with our sin and with our rebellion and our selfishness. And He's just there waiting for us to turn, to turn to Him for forgiveness, to turn to Him for salvation, to turn to Him for help, so that He can then begin the work of restoring and repairing is just waiting on us. Have you royally messed up your life? Did rebellion and wild behavior seem like a good idea at the time? But now you're seeing the devastating effects. Pastor Dan is going to show you today that God isn't waiting for you with a switch in the back shed. He is waiting for you with healing and restoration in His wide open arms. Turn toward Him and take one step and watch Him come running down the road to meet you. Let Him bring His healing and restoration to meet you in your brokenness. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Joel, chapter 2, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Joel chapter 2, we made it to verse 18 last week. That's where we're going to pick it up tonight. Joel chapter 2, verse 18. We're also going to look in the Gospel of John chapter 20. John 20 and the book of Acts. So if you want to go ahead and find John chapter 20 and the book of Acts is right after John in your Bible so that you can turn there quickly when the time comes. Joel chapter 2, John chapter 20 and Acts. Let me pray for us before we get into the word. Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to get into your word. We thank you that your word is alive and it's powerful and it's sharper than a two-edged sword. We thank you that it doesn't return void. Lord, we thank you that your word speaks to us. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher and that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word. I pray and ask, Lord, that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, just as a review, Joel was a prophet in the southern kingdom of Judah. And the theme of the book of Joel is the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. Joel mentions the day of the Lord five times in just three chapters in this short book. And remember, the day of the Lord is a term in the Bible that refers not to a, to a single day, but a period of time that's in the future when God will interrupt the world. He's going to interrupt the world. He's going to interrupt this age. This world is not going to just continue on the way that it is forever. There's coming a time when God will interrupt this world and 
the day of the Lord will begin. Right now we live in the day of man. You have the, the death, burial, resurrection, ascension of Jesus. Then you have the church age that begins after that. The church age will end with the rapture of the church when Jesus comes for the church and the church is caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And then after that, sometime after the rapture of the church, you'll have the tribulation period. Right now, we're currently living in the church age between the ascension of Jesus and we're waiting for the rapture of the church. After the rapture of the church, you're going to have the seven-year tribulation period upon the earth. And that begins the day of the Lord. The seven-year tribulation period is when God pours out his wrath upon the earth for its rebellion and rejection of him. At the end of the seven years, you have Jesus' second coming to the earth. Then you have the kingdom age or the millennial reign, the thousand-year reign of Christ. And then the great white throne judgment. And then the new heavens and the new earth So beginning with the tribulation period, after the rapture of the church, that's the beginning of the day of the Lord, and all of that is included in the day of the Lord. And that's what Joel is talking about. He's looking ahead to the day of the Lord. If you remember, in Joel's day, there was a plague of locusts that completely devoured all the vegetation in the land, leaving the land of Israel like a desert which led to a severe famine and led to an economic crisis, an economic collapse in the nation. And Joel's message, remember, was this destruction that is caused by this plague of locusts and this famine and this economic collapse. It's all a preview of what the day of the Lord will be for the entire world. You know, this is what it's going to be like. In the last days, during the tribulation period, during that seven-year tribulation period, when God pours out his wrath and judgment on the world, leaving the world just completely wasted and and destroyed. Uh, Jesus said the tribulation will be the worst time of judgment the world has ever seen. And he said, and unless those days be shortened, no flesh will survive. And so God in his mercy will limit the time of tribulation to just seven years. And so we've looked at that. And then in chapter 2, verse 12, chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, the Lord called the people of Judah to repent. Look back at verse 12. Now, therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he will relent from doing harm. So he calls the people to repent, to rend their hearts, to have genuine repentance, genuinely turning back to the Lord. In the Bible, there's what is known as the near and far of prophecy. The near and far of prophecy. What does that mean? Often what you find in prophecies or in prophetic passages, there's an immediate or near fulfillment, and then there's a far or future fulfillment of the prophecy. With verses 12 and 13, the near meaning is that the people in Joel's day, living in Judah, who were experiencing the devastation of this locust plague, they need to turn back to God. They need to repent and rend their hearts in genuine 
repentance. That, that's the near meaning of it, the immediate meaning. What about the far fulfillment? Well, the far fulfillment is referring to the time of the tribulation, that seven-year tribulation period. The people of Israel will finally rend their hearts and turn back to God and put their hope and trust in Jesus Christ as their Messiah. Zechariah 12.10 says that they will look upon me whom they've pierced. And so that's, that's the far fulfillment of it. During the tribulation period, the Jews, Israel, will finally turn back to the Lord. And it's, but it, sadly, it's going to take the tribulation to cause the Jewish people to return to the Lord in faith. So now that brings us down to verse 18, where we pick up, this is where we left off. And verse 18 begins a, a new section. Once Judah turns back to the Lord, once Judah repents, the Lord says he'll restore the land. Everything's been devastated by this plague of locusts. And now the Lord says, when you repent, I'll restore the land for you. If you remember in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, the Lord said, when I shut up heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And Judah, the people of Judah, did humble themselves in the days of Joel, and they did pray and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways temporarily, and God healed their land from the locust plague. Look at verse 18. Verse 18 begins with the word, then, when you turn back to me, then, then the Lord will be zealous for, notice, his land. The land belongs to God and pity his people. You know, one of the things that we see uh, that we're going to see in this passage is the Lord is just waiting for them to turn. The Lord is just waiting for the people of Judah to turn back to him so that he can restore their land. How often is God just waiting for us to turn back to him so that he can restore, so that he can heal, so that he can repair the things that we've broken with our sin and with our rebellion and our selfishness. And he's just there waiting for us to turn, to turn to him for forgiveness to turn to him for salvation, to turn to him for help, so that he can then begin the work of restoring and repairing. He's just waiting on us. The Lord will answer and say to his people, Behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil, and you will be satisfied by them. I will no longer make you a reproach among the nations. Back in chapter 1, verse 10, It said, the field is wasted, the land mourns, for the grain is ruined, the new wine is dried up, and the oil fails. And now that they've repented and turned back to the Lord, now God restores, and God restores the grain, he restores the wine, he restores the oil, he restores the land, he prospers the nation again, agriculturally and economically. That's the near fulfillment. What about the far fulfillment? At the end of the seven-year tribulation period, 
Jesus Christ will come again to the earth, literally returning to the earth in power and great glory, the Bible says. The Bible also says that we believers will return to the earth with him to serve as kings and priests in his kingdom. And we'll have our glorified bodies at that time. And when Jesus returns, the Bible tells us he will restore the land of Israel. And he will prosper Israel during the kingdom age. The Bible tells us Israel will no longer be a reproach among the nations. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. To this present day, as you know, Israel has been a reproach among the nations. Just watch the news and what's being said about Israel. During the kingdom, they will no longer be a reproach. Let me just share a few verses with you. This is from Amos chapter 9. Behold, the days are coming. This is talking about the kingdom age, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. The plowman will overtake the reaper, meaning they're going to have so much to reap that they're not going to be able to finish before it's time to start plowing the field again and planting seed again. Same with the grapes, the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. There's just going to be so much abundance in Israel, agriculturally, during the kingdom age. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. I will bring back the captives of my people Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat fruit from them. I will, listen, plant them in their land. Meaning it's going to belong to Israel. It's going to belong to the Jewish people. Do you know that from 586 BC to 1948, the land of Israel did not belong to the Israeli people? It's just since 1948 that Israel belongs to the Israel people. And no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. Another verse, Ezekiel 34, verse 29. I will raise up for them a garden of renown, and they shall no longer be consumed with hunger in the land, nor bear the shame of the Gentiles anymore. Nor will I let you hear the taunts of the nations anymore, nor bear the reproach of the peoples anymore, nor shall you cause your nation to stumble anymore, says the Lord your God. You know, in Jeremiah 31, he describes it, as a well-watered garden, you know, just the abundance and the blessing that God will bestow upon the land of Israel during the kingdom age. Verse 20 says, but I will remove far from you the northern army. 
I will drive him away into a barren and desolate land with his face toward the eastern sea and his back toward the western sea. The eastern sea would be the Dead Sea. Western sea would be the Mediterranean. His stench will come up and his foul odor will rise because he has done monstrous things. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done marvelous things. I love this. It says, you know, the enemy has done monstrous things, but the Lord has done marvelous things. Isn't that true? Do not be afraid, you beasts of the field, for the open pastures are springing up and the tree bears its fruit. The fig tree and the vine yield their strength. Now, again, back in Joel chapter 1, verse 18, in the midst of the plague, it said, how the animals groan. The herds of cattle are restless because they have no pasture. Even the flocks of sheep suffer punishment. Then in verse 20, it says, the beasts of the field also cry out to you, for the water brooks are dried up and fire has devoured the open pastures. There was, no, there was no grain, there was no food, there was no grass for the livestock to eat. And so the livestock was groaning during the plague. Now the Lord says, don't be afraid, beasts. <laughs> don't be afraid, beasts of the field. The pastures are coming back. The trees are bearing fruit again. And again, the restoration of the land of Israel in Joel's day is a preview of the restoration of the land of Israel during the kingdom age, when Christ returns and reigns as king. You know, 150 years ago, 150 years ago, the land of Israel was a barren wasteland. In 1867, Mark Twain traveled to the land of Israel, and he described the landscape as hopeless, dreary, heartbroken land. He said, there was hardly a tree or a shrub anywhere Even the olive and the cactus, those friends of a worthless soil, had almost deserted the country. There wasn't even a cactus in the land of Israel a little over 150 years ago. Now, since that time, since that time, the Lord God has restored the land and has made it fruitful and made it productive. One of the blessings of traveling to Israel on a tour is all of the wonderful food that you get to enjoy on that trip from the land of Israel. It's just amazing, fresh food that is from the land of Israel. That the fruitfulness of the land of Israel that we see today is a preview of what's to come in the kingdom age. It's just a little taste, no pun intended, of what's to come when Christ returns and sets up his kingdom on the earth. So now that brings us to verse 23. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he, Look what he says. For he has given you the former rain faithfully. He has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. You know, in Deuteronomy 11, it says, uh, as before the children of Israel come into the land, God explains to them, hey, the land I'm taking you to, the promised land, it's not like the land of Egypt. It's not like the land you came out of where there's the Nile River and where they were able to dig canals to irrigate their crops. He says, this land, there's not going to be any rivers there. You're going to have to depend on me to provide rain for you. 
And as long as you obey me and walk in my ways, I'll send rain. But if you stop obeying me, if you turn away from me, I'm going to withhold the rain from your land. So in Egypt, people could live by their own ability, their ability to dig canals and water their crops. In the land of Israel, they're going to have to live by faith, trusting that God will provide the rain that is needed to water the crops and cause the crops to grow. It talks about in in the Psalms, those who sow in tears, right, will reap with joy. Those who sow with tears, as you're sowing your seed, you're crying out to God, oh, please, God, send rain. This is a waste of time. If you don't send any rain, nothing's going to grow. We're going to starve. So you're sowing with tears, but you're going to reap with joy, right? And so here he says, as part of this restoration for the land, God will send the rain, the former rain and the latter rain. Now, the former rain softened the soil so that the Israelites could plant their crops. The latter rain caused the crops to just be more abundant. And they needed both. They needed the early rain so they could break up the soil and plant their seeds. And they needed that latter rain just to make the crops more Abundant. God says, I'm going to send the early rain. I'm going to send the latter rain. He says in verse 24, the threshing floor shall be full of wheat and the vat shall overflow with new wine and oil. You're going to have bumper crops more than you can manage. Again, this is a preview of God's blessing in the kingdom age. So I will restore to you. Look at verse 25. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, my great army which I sent among you. God says here, and I want you to note this, he says, I will restore back to you all that you lost to the locusts. Not, not years, not time. I'm not, he's not saying I'm going to give you more time, but the years of labor that you lost, the the years worth of fruit that you lost, the years of harvests, the locusts consumed. You know, one could look at the condition of the nation of Israel after this plague and think, man, this nation's never going to recover. Never going to recover from this. The damage is too extensive. Maybe you have felt that way about our own nation, the way things are going. We may never recover from this. We may never get things back to the way they were. But you know what we see here in verse 25? We see that God has a wonderful way of restoring to us what was lost. Again, not not the time, but the fruit. The fruit of those lost years. You know, Zechariah chapter 10, verse 6, the Lord says, it will, listen, listen, listen. It will be like I never cast them aside at all. It will be like I never cast them aside at all. It'll, it'll be like they, they, they didn't lose anything at all, like it never happened. Isn't that amazing? And the Bible says if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The former things pass away and he makes all things new. Everything becomes new with Jesus Christ. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, isn't it amazing what God has done in your life and how he's transformed you? He asked me how I knew. 
Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Joel, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. If you find yourself in a spiritual coma, the book of Joel is a great place to wake up and come to the realization that although God is loving, He's also just. He has no tolerance for unrepentant sin. In these pages of Joel, you'll find disturbing descriptions of the judgment to come on the earth to wipe it clean of sin and evil, but it's all for the purpose of restoring and purifying a sinful world to a state that was intended in the first place. Are you learning and growing through this study in Joel? If you'd like to hear more messages from this series, visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. While you're visiting our website, you might be interested in learning more about the church that supports this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. You can even come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, visit calvaryec.com for details. Thanks for being part of our listening audience. Come again next time for more on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. Rings true.